Hello and welcome. You are listening to the teaching ministry of Coastal Oaks Church in Rockport, Texas. It is our hope that you will be encouraged and that your desire to follow Jesus Christ will be challenged and strengthened as you listen to this podcast. For more information on location, service times, and what to expect on your next visit, go to coastaloakschurch.org. Now, grab your Bible and study along with us as you listen. As you're seated, if you'd open your Bibles with me to John chapter 8. John chapter 8. We're going to read one verse in chapter 8, verse 47. I don't know about you, but all through my Christian life, there's been this question, how do I know when God is speaking to me? I read a story about a seven-year-old boy who was talking about college. That's planning early, isn't it? He was thinking about his future, and, and he talked to his dad, and his dad said, you know, son, a lot of guys that play really good baseball in high school, they just skip college. They go right to the pros. He said, that sounded pretty good, and got to talking about it, and his mom came into the conversation and said, son, why don't you do this? Why don't you just trust God in his wisdom and pray that he would speak to you about your future? So the kid thought that would be pretty good. He went away, and finally came back to his mom and said, mom, I, I've got a question. How do I know when it's him speaking to me? How do I know when I pray and say, God, show me something, give me direction? How do I know when it's his voice? Well, hopefully before we're through this morning, we'll be able to help you with that. Everything all right? Okay, thanks, Mike. Good report on Sarah out there, okay? Praise the Lord. Um, how do I know, God, when you're speaking, if it really is you? And how do I know when you're speaking to what I'm supposed to do about it? We're going to look at this truth in Scripture this morning as we continue our study on the encounter. Last week, it was seeking the mind of Christ, and this week, hearing God's voice. Verse 47. The one who, who is from God, speaking of a believer, the one who is from God listens to God's words. This is why you don't listen, because you're not from God. Jesus says here, evidence that you belong to God, evidence that you're a, a Christ follower, a person who's made a commitment to Jesus Christ as Savior, evidence is that you will listen to God's words. God's words, the voice of God. Now, if you would turn with me to chapter 10... As Jesus discusses his relationship to his people as the shepherd to his sheep, he says, the one who enters by the door, chapter 10, verse 2, the one who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. The doorkeeper opens it and the sheep hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and he leads them out. Boy, there's a whole sermon there, but we'll move on. When he has brought all his own outside, he goes ahead of them. The sheep will follow him because they recognize his voice. A characteristic, a trait of a Christ follower, a believer, is that you recognize, you hear, and you follow the voice of God as God speaks. Several key truths this morning. Uh, I'd like to kind of close the door on the, the uh, theology that says, the way I discern God's will is by looking for open and closed doors. I want to close the door on that one, okay? That sounds good. God, you open a door, and I'll walk through it. God, you don't want me to walk through that door, close the door. That kind of leaves it all up to circumstance. And I, for my Christian life, I've heard a lot of people, that's the way they discern God's leadership. But I want you to know that open doors and closed doors are not only open and closed by God. Other people and the enemy himself will open and close the doors. So be careful about that theology. It said, I want us to, to look at what the scripture says, and the key is going to be understanding what scripture says about discerning God's will for our lives. First truth. This is the foundational truth of everything we're going to talk about today. God speaks to us by his Holy Spirit. Now, when I look at chapter 10 of John, 
the shepherd speaks and the sheep know his voice. And when I look at verse 8, it says a Christ follower will hear and, and listen to the voice of God. What does that mean? It means that God's Holy Spirit is speaking to me. I don't know if you knew this or not, but when you invited Jesus Christ into your life, when you trusted him as your personal Lord and Savior, God's Holy Spirit came to live within you. He dwells within you. The Bible says your body is the sanctuary or the temple of God's Holy Spirit. He lives within you. And when I want to hear what God has for my life, I listen to his voice as he speaks by his Holy Spirit in my spirit. God speaks to us by his spirit to do several things. First of all, to reveal, to reveal himself to me so that he might increase my faith. God's Holy Spirit speaks to my heart so that, that I can see and capture and understand who God is. A little bit about his character and it increases my faith. God's Holy Spirit reveals his purposes to me so that I can join him in whatever he's doing. Proverbs 19.21 says, many plans are in a man's heart, but it's the Lord's decree that will prevail. Not just my plans, not just my purposes, but the purposes of God. So God reveals himself to me by his spirit. He reveals his purposes to me, and he reveals his ways to me. Isaiah said, the Lord speaking through Isaiah, my thoughts are not your thoughts, and my ways are not your ways. God's ways are different. So as, as God's spirit speaks to my heart, he's revealing himself to me. He's revealing his purposes to me. He's revealing his way to me. So it's evident that God wants his best for my life as his spirit speaks to me. There's a story that illustrates this spirit speaking to our hearts, the spirit of God. If you'll hold that place and turn to 1 Kings with me in the Old Testament. First and second Samuel, and then you have 1 Kings. 1 Kings chapter 1. I'm sorry, chapter 19. It wasn't there. Chapter 19. This story in chapter 19 of 1 Kings is the, the follow-up story of Elijah, God's prophet. Have you heard the story of Elijah and the prophets of Baal at Mount Carmel? Elijah stands before the people and, and challenges the prophets of Baal to cry on their gods to rain down fire from heaven. And the Bible says Elijah called on his God and, and God came through and consumed the sacrifice and the wood of the sacrifice and even licked up the water in the trench of the sacrifice. And God showed himself in an incredible way when, I, when Elijah spoke to God and God spoke back in a, in a powerful way. Then Elijah goes off by himself and gets in one of those stages of despondency and discouragement. And I don't know why, except I know that I've been there. You can be on a, a mountaintop. Have you all experienced that? And then right after that mountaintop, some discouragement. Well, he's all by himself, and he's out in the wilderness. And, and the, the Bible shares how God comes to encounter Elijah there. And if you look at verse, um, verse 11, then he said, Go out and stand on the mountain in the Lord's presence. And at that moment, the Lord passed by. So while Elijah's there, standing there, God passes by. He's longing to hear from God. And a great and mighty wind was tearing at the mountains and was shattering cliffs before the Lord. The Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. As I read that, I think about my Christian experience, how I've longed for the Lord to make a big noise for me, to, to, to hear his voice in the wind. Kevin, do this. I got it, God, I know that's you. Or an earthquake or something earth-shattering 
or the fire, something where, where God just blasts it out there and I know exactly what he wants of me. I've longed for that. You probably have too. God, would you just spell it out? You ever been there? At all those key crisis decision points in my life with good crisis and bad crisis, I've longed for God just to, to make a loud noise so I get it. But he has most often done it this way. Look at verse 12. After the earthquake, there was, there was a fire. The, God was, the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, there was a voice, a soft whisper. When Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. And suddenly a voice came to him and said, what are you doing here, Elijah? God says to Elijah, Elijah, I'm going to come and I'm going to speak in a soft, quiet whisper. And you'll hear me. He spoke to his heart. That's the way God speaks to me. That's the way God's Holy Spirit speaks to me. There's an impression in my spirit. I cannot explain it. I've never heard it audibly, but there's just that still, soft whisper in my heart. And I know it's the Lord. And I respond, try to respond. God's voice, a whisper. I had a couple in our church a few years ago. We gathered for a, a prayer meeting, and they brought their daughter with them. And as we prayed, people in our church, we, we get in small groups and pray. And, and to encourage one another, we will say, yes, Lord. I agree. That's right. You all have done that? I, I like to do that. Whatever they pray, God, I'm piggybacking on that. That was a good one. Yes, Lord. And they prayed, and this little girl listened, and and they went away, and she asked her her parents, she said, Mom, Dad, what was going on in that little prayer group? They said, what do you mean? Well, everybody was saying, yes, Lord, and that's right, and uh uh-huh, and I agree. And and they said, well, honey, this is what we do when we pray. We kind of agree with each other. And she said, oh, good. She said, I thought God was speaking, and they were talking back to him, and I just didn't hear it. You ever thought that? Boy, I wish, I wish I could hear it. Well, we hear it in that still, small voice. And that's the foundational truth. When God speaks to us by his spirit, we're going to talk about four ways that he communicates by his spirit, all right? Number one, which is number two in your outline, the first way God speaks by his spirit is through the word of God. God speaks to us through the word of God. Chapter 10 in, in John again. The sheep recognize his voice. They recognize when he speaks. Back in chapter 8. I love this. The one who is from God listens to God's words. Now, it may sound like a simple truth, but you've got to hear it again. The place I hear the word of God, God's words to me, is in the word of God. That sounds simple, doesn't it? But think about that. We say, God, I, I need a word from you. Give me a fresh word on this. And God's like this. Here. God, give me a word. And he's going like this. God's word is God's word. And when I need a word from God, where do I go? God's word. Do you get it? It's so simple. Why do we miss that? Why do we look for something new, something fresh? God, give me something else. I gave you my word. There's... 1,516 pages of it. And that's not even the concordance. Or maps. God says, there's my word for you. God's going to speak to me. God's going to speak to you through his word. Why do we miss that? I read the Bible. God's spirit takes the word of God and opens truth to me. Look at 1 Corinthians, this description in chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, Paul writes these words, but the unbeliever does not welcome 
what comes from God's spirit because it is foolishness to him. And he is not able to understand it since it is evaluated spiritually. A person who doesn't know Christ cannot get it. They cannot understand the truth. By implication, if you know Christ, you should get it. The spiritual person, verse 15, however, can evaluate or discern or understand. The word of God is made alive and powerful and active and living in my life as I read it. And God applies it to my life. God wants to speak to us through his word. And let me say this. Reading the word of God does not lead to an encounter with God. When I read the word of God and God speaks truth to my heart, that is my encounter with God. Do you see that? Oh God, wow, that's a great truth. Do something powerful in my life. Do something wonderful for me. And God says, in essence, I just spoke truth to you from my word. Where were you? I cannot get my mind around the truth that the sovereign creator of the universe has revealed himself in the person of Jesus Christ and then in the scriptures, his, his written word for us, he wants to reveal truth from his word to me. That blows me away. That that encounter, that that revealing of truth that the spirit of God uses the word of God in my heart, that's a mind-blowing thing. God speaks to me by his Holy Spirit through the word of God. When I was a pretty new Christian, I was asked to share a Bible study, lead a small group Bible study with our singles group, and I had never done that before, so they were in for a treat. But I'd been reading through the Psalms, and I'd been reading in Psalm 119, I just parked. If you want to park in a Psalm, that's a good place to park. There's a paragraph in there for every letter in the Hebrew alphabet. And, and I was in the middle of that, and so I'm just going to share with these folks what God's been saying to me. So we open our Bibles, and we're Psalm 119, we're reading, I think it's around verse 17, the, the verse says, deal bountifully or deal generously with your servant that I can know you. And sitting in that, that living room on the floor, God just got a hold of me. And it was the, one of those aha wow moments. Ke- Kevin, I, I want to deal with you. I want to, the psalmist says, deal generously and that isn't God heap blessings on me. I think that's God. Here I am. I'm an open book. God just nailed me that day. How did that happen? The Spirit of God took the Word of God and revealed truth to my heart. I knew it. I hope you've been there. The next way God speaks to us by His Holy Spirit is He speaks to us through prayer. He speaks to us through prayer. The prayer, we said last week, is a conversation with God, it's a relationship. It is not just a religious activity. It's not just one of the things we do at church. It's not just one of the things we do in our Christian life. It it is our relationship with God. It's conversation where I talk to him and he speaks to me and speaks truth into my life. We said last week that God prompts us to pray. And anytime I'm prompted to pray, it's God inviting me to get to know him in a new way, in 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 a more unique way than he has before. And as I pray, I, I, wherever circumstance I'm in in my life, I relate that to my prayer life and I, I go to God and he guides the way I pray. He leads me in his word to pray. He directs me. And then I adjust my truth to what he's doing in my life. That's how, that's how God speaks to me through prayer. As I'm praying, God puts on my mind a passage of scripture and, and that's when God's inviting me to go back to that passage and, and look there because he wants to speak truth to me from his word. 
I tell you what, I can pray anything. I can pray my desire and my will and what I want. What God wants is for me to pray in his will. By the way, all those verses, the name it, claim it verses, you know, the blab it, grab it verses, God, I I claim this and you're going to do that for me. Scripture doesn't say I can do that with anything. It says anything according to his will. He hears us and answers us. Well, how do you know his will? His word. So I can't say, well, I've prayed intensely and God's got to do that for me. I've prayed intensely, led by the Holy Spirit through the word of God, affirming and confirming that this is his purpose for me. Then there's agreement. Then I can claim his promises. It's only the Spirit of God that knows what's going on in my life because he lives within me. And he's directing me as I read his word and as I pray. And as I pray, God begins to reveal new things about himself to me. Turn the page there. I told the early service we didn't have time to turn there. We don't now, but we're going to go there anyway. John chapter 11. Short version of a long story. Mary and Martha, Jesus' close friends. Their brother Lazarus, he's sick. They send word to Jesus. Jesus, come, your friend Lazarus is sick. And Jesus says, okay, I'll be there in a few days. The Bible says Jesus waited a couple of days. And Mary and Martha are crying out. Lord, we need you, just like we sang. Jesus shows up and they cry out to him and they say, Lord, if only you had been here, our brother wouldn't have died. If only you'd been here. And Jesus says to them, I waited, and this is my paraphrase, so that Lazarus could die, so that my glory could be revealed in his death. You know the story. Jesus shows up late because he wanted time for Lazarus to die. By the way, God's never late, is he? He was late on Mary Martha's behalf, as far as they knew, from their perspective. He says, Lazarus, come on out, buddy. So he said if he had named anybody, it just said come out, everybody would come out. <laughs> Specifically, right? Lazarus, you and you alone right now get to come out. He walks out of the grave in his grave clothes and, and there's this rejoicing. And look at verse 25 of chapter 11. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me, even if he dies, will live. Everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Now, I want you to get this. Through Mary and Martha's cries for help, they were crying to God. They were crying out to God in the flesh, the Lord Jesus. Why didn't you show up? Why weren't you here? Jesus didn't show up on their timetable because he was doing something in Lazarus' life and death so that he could raise Lazarus from the grave. And here's what Jesus said through their prayers. You need to be open and receptive to what I want to do, to what I'm up to, because you can't see it right now. I'm about to bring a miracle about, and I'm about to raise someone from the dead, and I'm about to get all the glory. That's what happens in my prayer life. They came to experience Jesus as the resurrection and the life through prayer, through God's answer. The next way God speaks to us by his spirit, the word of God, prayer, and circumstances. Number four, God speaks to us through circumstances. In John chapter 5, the Bible says, Jesus said, my father is still working and I'm working also. You know what that says? 
he's working right now in our lives, in this place around us, all over the place. He's at work. God's speaking to me through my circumstances. Now, a lot of you, and I know this because I talk to Christians all the time, discern God's will by circumstances. Well, pastor, the door opened. Must have been God. Well, pastor, I got the job offer. I know that was God. Well, pastor, this happened. That happened. It must have been God. Not necessarily. See, what happens is you begin to interpret the circumstances in light of the circumstance and not in light of what God's doing in your life. I promise you, Mary and Martha would have loved for God to change their circumstances. Oh, God, heal Lazarus. Change it. Fix it. We don't like the circumstances. And God was trying to say to them, I want to show you something about me in the middle of this circumstance. Mary and Martha, I could tell you, I could preach a sermon. I'm the resurrection and the life. I could tell you every day, all day long, but you're about to experience that I'm the resurrection and the life. You get it? God wanted them to come to know him through their circumstance. And here's the deal. We always want God to change the circumstance. Oh, God, keep us safe. Oh, God, protect us. Oh, God, heal us. Oh, God, make that bad thing go away. Oh, God, heal our brother Lazarus. And God says, you know what? You're in that circumstance because I'm about to do something incredible. And if I am sensitive to his voice, I can interpret the circumstance from God's perspective instead of from the circumstance's perspective. Only through God's word, only by the Spirit of God revealing truth in his word, can I understand the circumstance I'm in. Never circumstances alone. It always has to dovetail with the, with the, with the word of God. So many illustrations in scripture. The disciples on a lake, and the waves are lapping up over the boat, and these sailors are scared, it's so bad, and Jesus says, peace, and it gets quiet. They came to know Jesus as the one who could calm the storm, as the one who could literally overrule nature. Jesus at the hillside with the 5,000 plus, and they're hungry, and what does he do? He works a miracle, and he feeds them and meets their need, and they come to know him as the bread of life. It was the circumstance that God wanted to use to reveal his purposes. But it has to be interpreted in light of the word of God and his activity in your life. The fifth point is the fourth way God speaks to us. God speaks to us through the church. God speaks to us through the church. Not the PA system at the church building. Okay, He might do that. When we say God speaks to us through the church, we mean the people of God assembled, the body of believers coming together corporately. See, as I function in relationship with the church, I am depending on other people in the church to speak truth into my life. Not their opinion, not what they think. Have you found that out? There are a lot of people around wanting to give advice, what they think. The body of Christ is made up of believers who are going to speak truth from God's word into your life. I've had to give people advice before. I've had to be in the middle of some messes. And I've told a few people, you know what, as your friend, I'd, just, I'd take off and run right now. I'd dust your feet off and move on. I said, but as your pastor, 
Here's, here's what God's word says about that. You need to stay with the stuff. See, we need people who will speak the truth to us about what's going on in our lives, not just what we want to hear. Someone said, apart from the body, you cannot fully know God's will in your relationship to the body. You can't fully know the will of God unless you're connected to a body of believers. They're going to speak truth into your life. Look with me at Ephesians chapter 4. This passage speaks of the body of Christ and how God sends godly men to speak truth to the body and equip the body to do the work of the ministry. And ultimately, he wraps it up in verse 15. Instead of being little children tossed about by different winds of doctrine, he says, but speaking the truth in love, let us grow up in every way into him who is the head, Christ. God wants the body of believers to speak truth into the life of other believers in the body. That's how, that's how we grow. From him, verse 16, the whole body fitted in it together by every supporting ligament promotes the growth of the body for building up itself in love by the power of each individual part. God wants to use this body to grow you, to nurture you, to speak truth into your life. It's interesting. It's the relationships Paul is talking about. The, if you think about the body being a physical body, the relationships are the joints and ligaments he talks about here that hold us together. And God wants to use those relationships again, verse 15, to speak truth into our lives. I shared this morning about early in the days of this church when I got here and the church was looking at what to do next and we were in debt and not able to pay all the bills and struggling, just eking by every week. Uh, God put some people in this church who had just gotten through in their own personal lives getting out of debt. And this family shared that testimony, and another family shared that testimony, another family, they began to share their testimonies about their convictions, about what God was doing in their life. And God used that to prompt me as a pastor to say, you're right, debt-free is the way to go. Let's lead this church to be a church that operates debt-free. And we got out of debt, and we built this building debt-free. And it's not because this pastor had this great idea. Follow me, I got this great vision from God. We're going to be a debt-free church and build a building without. What God did was he brought people in the body who had a passion for that, who were sold out, who began to share their testimonies, and they spoke truth into my life and spoke truth in the lives of other believers, and we discerned this is God's will for us. Folks, that's the way it works. Now, here's the, here's the simple truth, but you've got to get this. You've got to get this. How do I know when God is speaking? Well, we begin with that still, small voice, and then we look at the Word of God, we look at prayer, we look at circumstances, and we look at what the body is saying to us, what other believers are saying to us. When all four of those things align, we can be pretty confident that God is speaking to us. God will never speak apart from His Word. God will never tell you to do anything that's not consistent with His will and His Word. So you say, Pastor, how do I know if God's speaking? You have a sense in your spirit, a peace, that still small voice. When you open the word of God, is God directing you this way? When you pray, is God confirming a peace and, a, and, and even in your prayer life that he's directing you? And then as you look at circumstances of your life, are those lining up also? And then as you listen to those people who know you best, what are they saying? And I look at all of those things together and I say, God, this must be what you're saying to me. 
And then you can proceed. And then you can see God work through you as he invites you to join him in what he's doing. So many times in my life, I've had to rely on those four things. I just can't go off thinking, well, God, I think I heard you say this. I have to look at those four things matching up with what that still small voice says. When I was younger, I relocated 700 miles away from home. And on my way, en route, I was robbed. I wasn't in the car at the time, but everything that was important to me was taken from me. My TV. Yeah. My, my stereo system. My CB radio. That's a long time ago. All, all that stuff that was important to me was taken. And I arrived 700 miles away from home, and I'm in a little one-bedroom apartment with four walls, and all I've got is me and my Bible. They didn't take that. Isn't that interesting? A box of Christian books my mom had sent with me, classics, and the Lord. And I would come home from work, and I would close the door, and I would open my Bible, and I would sit there, and I would pray. And God would direct me and lead me. Then God connected me with a church that was vibrant, and God was doing some stuff there. And I started sensing in my spirit that God was calling me out of my status quo routine life to do something with my life for his glory. And as I read scripture, I started reading through the gospels. I'd never done that before. Somebody had given me a, a, a contemporary translation of the New Testament, the Phillips translation. It was great. It was before all these new ones came out. And I was reading through the New Testament and that translation and it came alive for me. And God's Holy Spirit took the word of God and spoke to my heart. And I discovered all through the New Testament, Jesus is saying, drop your nets, follow me. Leave your tax booth, follow me. Leave your family, follow me. I'd left my family, not intentionally, but they were 700 miles away. I was all alone. And as God spoke from his word in my heart and then put me in this church that was a place where I was nurtured and where I saw God working and there was confirmation in my life. They all lined up. And I said, God's calling me out of this life to give my life in full-time ministry. No doubt in my mind that God spoke through all of that. Here's my question for you today. What has God been saying to you? I'm not asking just what you think you heard I'm not asking what the circumstances of your life are saying. I'm not asking what somebody who wants to give you strokes and pat you on the back said. I'm asking what is God saying to you as all of those four things begin to line up in your life. Folks, here's the deal. When God speaks, he is asking you to make an adjustment in your life so that you can get in on what he's doing. That's how he works. What adjustments do you need to make today? Let's be willing to do that, can we? Let's pray.